Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, inappropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello, welcome to the Hostile Work Environment Podcast. My name is Mark Alifans. As always, I am here with Kate Bischoff. Kate, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, my Thanksgiving was lovely. Thank you very much. I mean, it certainly wasn't like other years, but I played a lot of card games with my COVID pod. I made some really good food that you can't scale. So it was good. I enjoyed it. How about yours? It was good. I mean, I you know, I haven't seen my parents for a year, uh, which is really sad. And and Thanksgiving is kind of our holiday uh, that we do together every year. So uh, I'm pretty bummed out about that. But uh, our, our interesting Thanksgiving story is that last year when my parents were here and we were buying our turkey for our large Thanksgiving that we do every year, uh, my when my mom was checking out, they're like, oh, you've bought enough. You get a free turkey. So, so she went into the back and found a turkey to, to a second turkey to bring home. And she found the biggest one, the biggest one that she possibly could. And it was like a 25 pound turkey. And so that 25 pound turkey, because we didn't need it, has been sitting in my deep freezer for the last year. So it's like, well, well we've got, the, we've got to eat it now. I mean, we can't let it sit for much longer anyway, but there's only four of us and one of us doesn't eat turkey. So I made, and, and normally I deep fry my turkey, but this was too big to fit into the fryer. So we just went traditional with the, with the turkey making, uh, and now we have a 25-pound turkey worth of leftovers for the three of us. So we've made just, just more sandwiches in the last three days, turkey sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Last night we made what we call, we call turkey smush, which is you take the carcass, and you boil it down, and you can make soup, and and it and the meat comes off of it. It's it's awesome. It's great. And then uh, you you kind of make it in a baked dish with uh, like a puff pastry on top, and carrots and onions, and we call it turkey. So it's smush. like a pot pie. It's like a pot pie, but but you know it's a little bit of the the less you know easy to get at you know. But and then we have like four things of turkey tetrazzini that we're making. I mean, it's like it's going to be turkey central here for, but. Uh, <laughs> But it, but it went well. It was good, and okay, good, uh, good. you know we had we we had a good day, and um, all things considered, I think that's just what we should call this year. All things all considered, things. yes, not the trademark versions of NPR, but right, no, 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 no. I don't mean to <laughs> impinge on NPR and there. No, I know you're kidding. Uh, there and and no, this is the just just should just should be a theme for this year. So yes. we have a great episode lined up for today uh and and just to preview we've got a uh two cases kate's got two, two cases, cases to talk about two brief cases and then uh i have a pretty good reddit story uh that i'm gonna read you and then we're we're gonna laugh at it that's awesome okay so we're gonna so end take it away that. yeah okay. take it away so we're gonna get into a little bit of nerdy lawyerness here with these two cases it's the best so- kind of lawyerness <laughs> Well, the first one is the EEOC versus Smash Burger. Smash Burger. Yeah. Smash Burger. Okay. I think I've had a Smash. Have you ever had a Smash Burger? Yes. 
I think I've, I, I think I, I've had it once or twice. I have a very good friend or two very good friends who are connoisseurs of cheeseburgers. And so whenever we travel for conferences and stuff, you just always ask them where to go to get a cheeseburger because they know. And so I have been, I've eaten a smash burger so I could have tidbits to converse with them about. That's, so. that's great. If, and when we are allowed to travel again, uh, and, and you and I are at the same places, <laughs> I would like to, to impose myself on the cheeseburger group because I, I <laughs> can feel, feel some kinship, not even knowing who it is. Uh, <laughs> okay. So the EEOC brings litigation, does not name the plaintiff. Oh, that's I have the, interesting. Uh-huh. I have the complaint. That's unusual. And, yes. And this or, or unheard of even. Right. This individual is known as the aggrieved individual. Oh. Because the, the EEOC is the plaintiff. He's not the plaintiff, right? Because he doesn't necessarily necessarily need to be named to be right because the eoc took the case and and is essentially filing on their behalf in, in a sense exactly and so there are some facts in here that would be embarrassing to him if his name was widely available but it is not in the particular case so he files a charge in 2019 the commission goes about and investigates the charge and on Halloween of 2019, they issued their reasonable cause letter, okay? Yep. Under their procedures, they go then offer conciliation. Yep. Defendants don't, per Smashburger does not participate in the conciliation. They never get to terms to settle it. So the EEOC then sues it out, okay? Okay. So you should know this, that some lawyers did not get their client to settle this case before I read you the next facts. Okay. Okay. All right. So, I mean, maybe I was going to make some joke about Smashburger and with an aggressive name like that, they don't settle cases and. Oh, they should have. Okay? They should have. All right. Mm -hmm. Bad smash. Before, before we get to this, the actual claims. Okay. So first, the scene of today's case is the Hicksville restaurant is that okay. uh hicksville like is this uh is that where is hicksville is that long island yes is that new york this is this is in new york the eastern district of new york uh-huh mr <laughs> geography comes through way to go knowing where hicksville is okay just saying just little saying. metal for you okay. you're the one who started with the nerd team today <laughs> so the grieved individual is a black man who started working for the Hicksville restaurant in 2014. Okay, so as of this point, he has worked there at least five years. They hire a female general manager by the name of Maria, and I'm going to butcher the last name, so I'm not even going to try. Okay? All right, Maria. Okay, so Maria. So Maria starts subjecting a grieved individual to abusive treatment on the regular basis. In addition to yelling at him frequently, calling him an idiot, and being overly critical of his performance, Maria frequently referred to him using racial slurs. She and, and sorry, she's she's a man. She's the manager. General manager. General manager. Okay, yeah. thank you. She calls him a chimpanzee or a monkey, saying oh. things like, <laughs> saying things like, oh. you look like a monkey with your big no. nose. Repeatedly used the N word. 
and sometimes the n-word directed particularly at a grieved individual. She also repeatedly used racial slurs to say negative things about a grieved individual to his girlfriend, who is white, and worked in the Hicksville restaurant herself. For example, Maria often referred to him as a chimpanzee in conversations or asked her things like, how could you be with him when he looks like a monkey? <laughs> as your eyes get bigger, right? Mm, I, Maria engaged... Uh-huh. Maria engaged in these behaviors frequently for the approximately 10 months she worked at this particular, work, worked with a grieved individual. He reported it to the district manager on more than one occasion, but the district manager right. took no action. So not only is Smashburger on notice through the manager who's actually committing the act, but we have another level manager who is aware of this and doesn't do anything about it. Right. And do in part to what the EOC calls her animus, Maria succeeded in getting a grieved individual transferred to another Smashburger location further from his home. Okay? Okay. So, um, given, given those facts, wouldn't you have run leaping into a conciliation with the EOC? Yeah, and hope I have good insurance. Exactly. You would have been like, oh, I love this conciliation process. Big hugs, right? Yes, we like, love you. We're, um, we're hey, nice have you met? This. Have you met my insurer? <laughs> my EPLI yes. insurer? Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, so that's 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 those are terrible. I mean, that's that's you run to settle cases like that. But, Absolutely. But you don't let them get filed in a complaint, and right. then you know you. If you're with the EOC and you settle in conciliation, that settlement is still public because they're going to issue a press release about it. But now you've got the complaint and they did recently settle this case in early November for a three-year consent decree and $70,000 in cash. They got off easy. Right? That's what uh, I thought, too. Oh, my gosh. Uh, with those facts, I mm -hmm. was expecting, like... I mean, I'm sure he wasn't making much, so so the compounding years of, of back pay and front pay and all of that aren't going to add up all that fast. But I was I was expecting something at least in the multiple six figures there. Yeah, no. But that is the other part of this that makes using a grieved individual more interesting, right? Because did the EEOC settle this without his consent? I wonder. That's fast. Like right? that's really it's very unusual uh, mm -hmm. that the, that 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 the AI would be <laughs> identified that way, uh, mm -hmm. and and not um, not identifying who it is. And and I mean, I'm curious too if the if the EEOC record is public, that would have been filed with their name, or have they scrubbed the name from it? Well, the charge is not public information, right? I, I guess mean, I guess not. I mean, in litigation, right? You can once the once they close the file, you can get it after the fact, right? Um, and pre-litigation usually, um, mm -hmm. as as the other party. I don't know if that's like fully public or subject to a FOIA kind of request, but yeah, it's, I don't know. it's it's super weird. But it make, it makes me think that he was not involved in the litigation for them to settle for something so low, given those facts. I mean, yeah. you, the, right? So, 
I mean, they don't so, they so, don't have the defense available to them. So, so if but if that's interesting because it's been a while since I've had a case like that where the EEOC, uh, it's, I mean, it's very unusual too, where the EEOC right. actually files on behalf of someone. Usually, it's with their consent and they're they're part of it. So did mm-hmm. he just not want to be a part of it? I don't know. And, and, that, and opt that... out? Uh, because usually it's like, no, the EEOC is helping to assert rights on behalf of that person, and that person's the one that should be getting a significant percentage, if not all, of the payout in the end. Uh, mm-hmm. And at that, those numbers, I'm like, I'm struggling to see how, if he had his own attorney, uh, that they possibly could settled. have settled for that. I, I something Something very... Very fishy in Hicksville. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Which is why I think that case, not only because the facts are horrible, 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 but I think it's fascinating the, how yeah. it gets to that particular point. Hey, so you want to know another super fascinating legally procedural case? Yes. Does it have to do with cheeseburgers? No. This one no has to do with, with prison rape elimination initiatives. Not the same as cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh my gosh! No. Okay. You can so tell. This, you can tell that that this, this, listeners. You can tell that Kate and I actually literally did not discuss these cases before we came on here because I probably would not have tried to make that transition if I knew what the second case was about. Well, it just made it all the more perfect for our listeners. Yes. Okay. Yes. So let's talk about Leanne Archuleta and the Corrections Corporation of America doing business as a Nevada Southern Detention Center. So, so Correction a private Corp- prison. Uh-huh. Correction Corporation of America is now known as Core Civic. So they've recently okay. changed their name. Uh, and uh, so I want to make sure that I'm correct in who... Prison rebranding. Are. Yes. So Ms. Archuleta worked as um, a supervisor... She was the chief of unit management at the Nevada location. She had been working at the Nevada location since 2010, and she had been transferred there from a different position. And and, and this is a prison, so she's, right, a correctional facility. Uh, Do we know how big it, I mean, is it, or does it not matter? Uh, It doesn't matter. All right. I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to visualize what this prison. Yeah. What you're thinking that she's complaining about prisoner behavior, not the case. Okay. okay? Prisoners here probably all doing just fine in theory. Okay. So her responsibilities included provided training on the Prison Rape Elimination Act or known as PREA. Okay. Okay. Her direct supervisor was a former co-plaintiff who stopped being involved. He was pro se. He got kicked off the case. Real weird what happens with Michael Dickens, but he's her supervisor. Okay. While visiting Nevada in the summer of 2013, defendants, okay, Corrections Corporation's chief operating officer and executive vice president, Harley Lappin, which is an excellent villain name. L-A-P-I-N? L-A-P-P-I-N. Yes. Okay, because you know what you know what L A P I N is in French. Lapin. Lapin. It's rabbit. You can get it at oh. fancy restaurants. Yeah. No thanks. The French and I have a hate hate relationship. Okay. Mm, we'll have to, we'll have to okay. talk about that later. And your bagel. 
issues too. We have to talk about that too. Sorry. Okay. Non sequitur. Okay. Back to the case. Yes. So Collins and Leanne are on the tour. Okay. So the the head of the facility, our plaintiff, are on the tour. At some point during the tour, Lapin reached for plaintiff's hand. Anticipate a handshake, she put her hand out towards him. He then took the hand, put his hand on the top of her hand, like a double handshake, right? And then saw the ring on her finger and said, boy, he must really love you. Looking at her ring. Plaintiff pulled her hand away and said it was a cheap ring. The exchange lasted no longer than six seconds caught on security footage and there's actually picture video of this whole interaction because it's a prison and everything is video right sure okay so she feels uneasy about this little exchange right or this minor exchange okay the incident she tells her supervisor mr dickens about it and he does what he's supposed to do and reports it up the chain Okay. Ultimately, the incident was investigated. Notably, her boss disciplined her just a few days before it was investigated for failure to report two prison rape elimination incidences. Right? Okay. Okay. She did not receive the discipline until after the investigation. But she provided written statements to the investigator wherein she essentially disavowed believing that she was sexually harassed. In fact, she wrote, It is insane that someone reported this event as somehow being inappropriate. If I felt it was inappropriate, I would have filed a written report. I understand the reporting process. I know how to report concerns at work. I did not feel it was inappropriate. Okay. So she disavows. Yeah. She right. disavows. I mean, and and in, in the scope of things that can happen, this is this isn't. It's not a huge thing. Right. She ultimately then gets terminated because she. <laughs> yes, she gets terminated in a dispute about a de- detainee wanting to know then why he was not being removed from segregation so he was in i i might be completely wrong about this but this is my assumption based upon reading he was in solitary confinement he wanted out of solitary confinement she told him these other two folks don't want you out of solitary confinement because you've been acting this way she gets fired for saying the names of the other two people okay okay that's what i think happened there's lots of prison lingo in here that i don't quite understand yeah i mean and hard for us to know whether that's a legit reason to fire someone or not right exactly so she files a, a retaliation claim, right? Because she in, was involved in the investigation. The case goes all the way to the Ninth Circuit on well, the motion the, to dismiss. Yeah, interesting. Because because what's the protected activity here? Mm-hmm. Her and boss engaged the, in a protected activity, but she, I, arguably, I mean, if I'm on the other side of that, I'm saying she didn't, she never did anything because she didn't actually mm-hmm. report. I mean, though, is the act of reporting it to the manager? Is that protected, even though it wasn't a report or intended to be a report? And that is both the question on the motion to dismiss, 
which the Ninth Circuit kicks back to district court. Okay. District court says, we're going to rule summary judgment. She did not engage in protected activity. The Ninth Circuit, in an unpublished opinion, says, oh, yeah, she does. Mm. Okay? Because remember, she's terminated, like, 2014. Like, this is right. six years later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so this is, like, the transitive property of reporting. I mentioned right. it to somebody else, and they reported, so I get protection because of it. Right. Okay, so let's look at the Ninth Circuit's decision here. Okay? The whole question is whether or not she was opposing particular conduct because it was discriminatory. Right, okay? which would be, for listeners, which would be the protected activity. Which would be the protected activity. Which would activity. be the basis of a retaliation claim. I did something protected, and you fired me because of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Okay? Now, she claims for the the district court, that her protected activities that she spoke with an investigator about the incident and characterized the incident as odd and uncomfortable. And that's what the Ninth Circuit says is the protected activity. She gave an ostensibly disapproving account of sexually obnoxious behavior committed by a supervisor in her place of employment. And she conveyed her feelings regarding the incident through internal procedures by speaking to the warden and to the attorney investigator. Remember, you don't have to be the victim of harassment to have a retaliation claim. You have just need sure. to have participated in the investigation. And if by your participation in the investigation, if you lose your job, that could be retaliation too. So normally when we have these kinds of cases, the question is, well, you know, did it really rise to the level of sexual harassment? So you can't complain about non-sexual harassment. Well, that's not the concern for the the Ninth Circuit. The concern for the Ninth Circuit is she said it was odd and uncomfortable in the investigation in the investigation. It doesn't matter what her written statements were. Now you have a fact issue and a credibility issue for your plaintiff. You have to go back. Right, which is enough to get past this element on a motion to dismiss or a motion for summary judgment here. And and I want to be clear here, this doesn't mean that she wins her case. No, it just, no, no. It no. just means that 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 the the defendant, the prison, can't get it kicked early on, uh, and that this case is probably then going to trial or settling. Yeah. Well, and she certainly has credibility issues. You don't write a statement like, I know how right. to report it. I would I would have reported it if I thought it was inappropriate. But then she has the reports to the investigator. So which one is it? Now, it's totally possible. It could be both. It could be, it was really uncomfortable him talking about my ring. But I didn't think it was sexual harassment. Like, the both could possibly be true here. But it's going to be a real interesting credibility, given that yeah. it's six years later. Well, it's, it's six years later. I mean, this has me asking or just thinking about this question around investigations, which, you know, there are times and places where it's appropriate to investigate something. And, I, t I you know, I have my whole – I do presentations on conducting investigations, <laughs> and you do investigations. Mm -hmm. On these facts – is this something you launch a formal investigation on? I don't you think know, so. I mean, I need to know more, but based on, you know, one incident on camera, you know, it, and, and how do you define an investigation, I guess, is another question here. Is it just asking yeah. a couple of questions or doing something formally? But, you know, I'd probably say like, hey, we heard about this. You know, do you think it is it a, is it problematic? Was there anything more to it? We have it on video. 
Like yeah. you don't seem upset or you do seem upset or whatever. Right. And, and maybe that's enough to be protected in terms of, of saying something during that conversation, but it's pretty mm-hmm. flimsy. That's, that's flimsy. Now, the more formal right. the investigation, the more protection I think is easily attributed to it and, and can get to this, this sort of answer. And, and so I'm not disagreeing with the court here necessarily in terms of, you know, they have an investigation that actually happened and it's being called an investigation and it was right. And mm-hmm. so, so that's going to attach protection here. And it's not, it's, it's, it, it, you know, as you describe it, it's probably the right decision, but, oh yeah, but uh, I'm wondering why there's an investigation in the first place for something. I'm not going to call it trivial. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, it, it's not appropriate behavior or an appropriate comment, right. but it's also on its face, probably not, absent other allegations or other things, it's not going to rise to the level of, of, uh, harass legal harassment or, or, you know, something that I, I'm going to do anything probably more than have a conversation about. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's right. I think what the prisons though, it's a different environment that everything is investigated. And I think that's fair. What you that's get fair. To. That's fair. And it's, and it's the, executive vice president and chief operating officer. So having yeah. a attorney investigator might make more sense given the accused quote unquote here in this situation. So, but I think it's a, it's to me, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating case. And, and I think mm-hmm. it'll be really interesting to see whether or not it ends up being something that's, that turns into something bigger that influences more cases or practices in that a, it's an unpublished opinion. So, Mm -hmm. so that means it's going to have less, less legal oomph uh, in, in terms of citation or other, other analogizing to it. And it's it's even, it makes it harder to find in the first place. Right. And Mm -hmm. is this a situation, like you say, you know, a prison situation, they're going to maybe be more formal and investigate everything that's going to have wide application to other employers who maybe aren't doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but it's really interesting. I'm glad you found that. That's a fascinating case. <laughs> Thanks to my friends at <clears throat> HR Dive. Yep. Cool. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. All so, right. Are we ready for Am I the Asshole? We are. But the answer is almost always yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I've seen a few lately where it's not, but I'll be interested to see what you think here. Um, okay. Uh, so this was on Reddit on I am, am I the asshole, uh, which is one of my favorite subreddits to to follow, <laughs> and occasionally you get uh, some really good employment. Am I the asshole? Um, this was later removed. I have another copy of it here. I found. I'm not sure why it was removed, but. Um, you know, and often these these can be prone to hyperbole or maybe inaccuracies. So I'm not vouching for did this actually happen in the way in which it's described, but it's still an absolutely wonderful story to talk about. So mm-hmm. here's the header. Am I the asshole for reporting to a coworker for accidental nudity, which led to her being fired? <gasps> okay, I'm ready. I'm now prepared mentally. Let me start out by saying I work with a small team, and I'm very much the outcast. They are all young, and legitimately, when we aren't talking, some of the things they talk about with their personal lives, I have to Google half the time. The crew isn't... (laughs) Right, yeah. 
the crew isn't quote-unquote mm-hmm. rule 34 i which i i had never heard of before uh, a week or two ago though i understood i knew the concept but anyway um you can google it too if you don't know what we're talking about um probably not at work um the crew isn't quote unquote mean to me, but they are definitely a click uh, with me being the old man outsider. Aww. I'll admit sometimes I put my foot in my mouth with phrases. For instance, I used the phrase open the kimono. <laughs> How did you use it? That was appropriate that he thought. And, okay. and Sarah got super upset about it because she's Japanese. I tried to explain it's not a big deal and just a lingo thing, but she wouldn't listen. She reported me, and then I had to go to a special training and apologize on record. That was back in, like, April. (laughs) Back in, like, April. Eons ago. So, boom. Fast forward to last month. Normally, we have morning check-ins every morning at 8.30 a.m., and Sarah is snacking on breakfast at that time. We had to move our morning check-in meeting to 8 a.m. one Wednesday, and then it happened about 15 minutes into the meeting. Sarah's wife comes in wearing a small top and just underwear, handing her food, coming into the shot at the side of the frame. It couldn't have been anything more than a few seconds. But she apologized profusely after we all went like, uh, Sarah, your camera. The crew were all like, Oh, we know it wasn't intentional. It's okay. No managers are here. At least she wasn't fully naked. And laughing. I just stayed quiet. I told my wife about it and I, how I felt weird about it because I definitely think it shouldn't have happened. It made me feel uncomfortable. I know I wasn't quote-unquote assaulted, but I didn't want to see her half naked. I reported it to HR, told them what happened. She completely denied it happened, and the crew backed her up, trying to make it seem like I was trying to retaliate for the open the kimono thing. My only saving grace was that they used work chat to talk about it, and HR was able to look at the logs and see I wasn't lying. The crew got a reprimand, and they ended up firing Sarah. Because not only did she say it didn't happen, she wanted me to do another formal apology and make it into a big deal. Now, the crew is extremely snippy with me, even though I'm on a new team now, but work with them closely. And I can tell they think I didn't need to report her. Even on her last day, Sarah called me and told me she hopes I feel good about what I did and that I was an (gasps) asshole to report it when it wasn't that big of a deal and no one cared. So, am I the asshole? (laughs) Okay, so there's so much to unpack here. Right? I loved reading this. Uh, And I'm going to go with, uh, yes, the answer that, are you the asshole? The answer is yes, because she wasn't fully naked. It it wasn't even her. It was her spouse. Spouse, right. Who was just bringing her food and didn't realize she was on the camera. Right. For just a second. The, The issue I have is that the crew lied about it, and they all definitely should be reprimanded for lying about it. Especially 100%. That, so that doesn't eliminate the asshole status for this particular individual, but it was bad that they lied right. about so it. So they're kind of all the asshole. Yes, yes. Right, so let's be clear. It's not just the poster. 
No, they're kind of all, yes. But this is life in COVID. This is life working from home is stuff happens, right? Like it's totally possible a 12, soon to be 13 year old is going to walk in here in a t-shirt and boxer shorts because it's Sunday mid morning and he might just be getting up now, right? Like that's totally possible to happen. When your meeting is before you normally would start, it's not unusual that someone might come into your shop. I mean, a Supreme Court justice flushed the toilet right. during an oral argument. Right. Like, so if she was all right. So naked. So, I mean, let's let's let me ask you this: in a vacuum, let's assume that the previous um, open the kimono comment. We'll talk about that also. Um, hadn't ever happened. And this mm-hmm. was the first the first thing that had happened. And for whatever reason, he feels that this is entirely inappropriate. Is it appropriate for him to go to HR and report it? It's, it's always appropriate for him to go to HR. Right. I, so I want I'm that not, to be clear. I'm not going to get on his case about that. Um, would I have reported something like that to HR? Never. Right. And I mean, unless it was lewd or there was, you know, something suggestive going on. Right. Or or something along those lines, I would have been able to figure out pretty quickly that regardless of whether I wanted to see it or not, you know, it (laughs) It wasn't intentional. It was it happened. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't intended to get me upset. Um, And I would Mm -hmm. never do that. And I think that probably that's an answer for a lot of people as well. But I'm not I'm not going to call him the asshole for that necessarily i definitely more the asshole in that it feels retaliatory that's true yeah right and so so the the problem here is that it didn't happen in a vacuum that he was upset about the prior incident where he was very much in the wrong using Mm -hmm. and now i'd never heard have you ever heard that phrase before open the kimono um i have heard comments with similar connotations so, I'd not the not kimono before. Right, I'd never heard it in that way. But I, I mean, I think I understand what's intended by it in terms of as a euphemism. But it's totally inappropriate for a whole mm-hmm. host of reasons, um, mm-hmm. uh, not least of which that there's there's a a national origin racial component to it in using the term mm-hmm. kimono, and then also it implies like opening up a woman's clothing to see what's underneath. I mean, in mm-hmm. so. It's it's highly inappropriate, and he just doesn't seem to think so, and thinks it's a colloquialism that that is appropriate, and and he's just so far gone here, uh, and he's angry about that, and so yes, he's the asshole, not just because of that, but because this feels retaliatory. Yep, I agree, hundred percent. I mean, I always want people to go to HR, even if they think it's relatively minor, and then HR uses his judgment to say, well. Right. This is not something we need to spend any time on. Or, hey, you know, maybe we just have a quick conversation about it. It doesn't need to be that full-blown investigation like in the Archuleta case. But, <laughs> right. but it needs to have that kind of conversation of, you know, maybe your wife doesn't bring you food during meetings. Right. right? Like, maybe that's just a, yeah. But I mean, or, that's the extent of it. Right. That, and that's all it should have been. But, you know, it's also interesting here that Sarah and the crew – did not acquit themselves well here. No. They right? were... And they didn't really have a whole lot to lose by just being honest and a whole lot. And they right. did lose a whole lot 
by not being honest. Yeah, you know, I would have I would have been on the fence had I had proof of them lying. I might have said, this is a final, this is a suspension, this is a right. term. Because you don't lie to me about this stuff. Right. So and, I might and you have weren't going to get in trouble agreed. for it. Like, like, right. Like there's, I mean, I hope they weren't, right? I mean, maybe they right. have some information we don't know. And maybe HR is also an asshole in this case. And they already know maybe. that HR is someone prudish who is already on the poster side here for whatever reason, though I don't see any evidence to think that from the way it was written, right? And you, mm-hmm. and you don't trust them and that therefore you're just going to lie. I mean, I could see that, but it doesn't, I don't think that's likely. I don't think that's probable. I think they just were like, you know, they probably circled the wagons just to, to deny that it happened. And that was a mistake also. Now, had I been Sarah and I had a wife who showed up in a crop top and undies, the next time we did a call, I would have had her show up in a parka and snow pants and mittens with a hat on. Like, like just as much of her face showing had me food to make a joke out of it. Right. Right. Like that's that's how that's I would have handled that situation. Exactly. It is funny. Like it's an exactly. accident. And you can make light of it and still bring the team up. But yeah, I think I I, I think everyone's an asshole here. Everyone's the asshole. <laughs> and that, yes. friends, is this episode of Hostile Work Environment. <laughs> yes. And I do think we need to say just a moment of silence for not having holiday parties this year. I like, know. In memoriam for corporate holiday parties, which generate so much revenue on behalf of employment lawyers everywhere. Yeah, it's just that 2021 <laughs> was going to be, it's going to start off as a dark year for us. Oh, no. I hadn't even thought of that. Um, mm-hmm. this, this is a perfect um, segue uh, into uh, a plea, another plea to those mm-hmm. of you listening. Um, we love the holiday stories, the holiday party stories. Mm-hmm. And and if you're long-term listeners and you go back to the beginning, uh, back to the dentist days, uh, <laughs> we had a whole bunch of episodes with holiday party stories. Yeah, And they're the best. I mean, some... Some that are, I'd say, the top stores, top one or two stories we've ever had involving a painting <laughs> and a bathroom. And uh, I don't know if you remember that one, Kate. Um, but uh, oh my gosh! So, so this is my pitch to you. Uh, we know you have more holiday party work stories out there. We are coming up on the end of the year. We're going to be recording at least uh, one more episode. Uh, before Christmas, that will come out before Christmas. Uh, the only person who's been sending me links and articles is my wife. Uh, <laughs> and she sent me about eight of them this week. Um, thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. And they're all, they're, many of those stories are on hold for future episodes. They're all bookmarked. Um, and there's some really good ones. Uh, but uh, I want your stories. I love reading your stories. And like I said last time, I have a few. I want to get a few of them together so I have a little bit of a bank before we start doing them again. But I will skip any solid <laughs> holiday party shenanigan 
story to the front <laughs> of the line. And if we get a bunch of them in, we'll do all of them on the next episode. Yes. Uh, so we can have like half the episode be reading stories, and that would be fantastic. So uh, this is my plea to you. All right. Uh, HWE. <laughs> I couldn't remember the, the, team, the email address for a second. Uh, HWE podcast at gmail.com or you know, if you can't remember that, then find us on Twitter and tweet yeah. at us and say, hey, remind me, what's that email address again? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and that's the best way to send it to us. Or if you know Kate or you know me, just email it to us personally, however yeah. you want. If you want to use smoke signals, carrier pigeon, whatever <laughs> it takes. But if you can take a few minutes and just write down those stories, we would be forever in your debt. Yes, that would be great. I love the holiday stories and the shenanigans that happen at them. So, well, Mark, I hope you have a great week. Where can we find you on the Twitters? I am at salad pants on the Twitters, uh, and, uh, available on LinkedIn and, uh, at Alifans law. Um, that's not a Twitter. That's just Alifans Mark <laughs> at, at Mark with a C at alifanslaw.com if you ever want to email me. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and Alifans Law does have a website. It's really ugly and doesn't work, uh, but you can go to it, and it will tell you a little bit about me. Um, That's such a ringing endorsement. It's a super ringing endorsement for, for the mm -hmm. you know little bit of time I spent on it before I was like, God damn it, I can't. I <laughs> And got frustrated and then never paid anybody to do it for me. So. Well, you can find me at K8Bish, B-I-S-C-H, on Twitter or LinkedIn or ThriveLawConsulting.com. Feel free or, to check me out wherever. Or your articles, which I enjoy reading, uh, that come out oh, on ERE. On ERE. So yes. I don't know if there's a link for that uh, that you can pitch to, but you should. If you go to ERE.net and you can just search Bischoff and I come up with a whole bunch of them. And luckily I can tap a group of HR ladies say, hey, what would you like me to talk about law and recruiting right now? And they're like, oh, this. And I'm like, yes. I hope so. If you have any of those stories, folks, I'm happy to outline some legal issues related to recruiting at any point in time. So. Fantastic. All right. All right. Good episode. Have a good week. Stay home. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Stop <laughs> COVID. Bye. Yeah.